hello, I'm Michael White and welcome to this special edition of Guardian Daily. We're recording straight after the first televised election debate between the three men hoping to be Chancellor of the Exchequer after May the 6th. One of them, Alistair Darling, already holds that post. He's hoping that his record of steering the economy out of the worst recession since before the war will be enough to see off the challenges from, yes, George Osborne and Vince Cable. So to kick off an election campaign that will be dominated by competing claims on the economy, how did they do? We're going to start with George Osborne. We need to cut wasteful government spending instead of increasing national insurance taxes on hard-working people. Mr Cable, we had a decade and a half of artificial boom created by reckless lending and debt and a housing bubble. Uh, the Liberal Democrats warned about the dangers, but we got the crash. And now we've all got responsibility for clearing up the mess. And we've got to start with this huge government deficit. We can't avoid it. There's going to have to be cuts. And now you, Mr Donald. First, we've got to secure the recovery. Secondly, we've got to ensure we get our borrowing down to cut the deficit. And thirdly, and most importantly, we've got to secure jobs in the future. I've set out my agenda. It's financial discipline in the public sector, directed lending from banks to support small and medium-sized companies. We've got to have a fairer tax system. We've got to make the economy much less dependent on financial gambling. We've made the right judgment calls, both in relation to supporting our economy and also in relation to stabilising the banking system. The challenge for us all in the future now is to make sure that we can work with private sector companies uh, to ensure we get jobs in the future. Well, our economy faces incredible problems. And for all that Alistair says, he and his party and Gordon Brown have been in charge for 13 years, and you can make a judgment on how they've performed. Joining me tonight to give their verdicts, we have here in the studio The Guardian's Andrew Sparrow, whose keyboard is still warm from his heroic live blogging of the debate, a form he pioneered. Also from The Guardian's politics desk, we have Matt Wells. He's the presenter of our Media Talk podcast. We have our business desk represented in the shape of The Guardian's new economics correspondent, Philip Inman, and from the Institute of Public Policy Research, IPPR, the left-leaning think tank, as we are taught to call it, we have Tony Dolphin, Chief Economist. Uh, to get us started, Andrew, who came up top tonight? I thought Vince Cable won, uh, which is no great surprise. Um, most polls have shown that he's the um, most popular politician in the country, let alone the po most popular uh, Treasury spokesman. But I thought he was funny. I thought he was particularly good on cuts because he talked about specific cuts. He came out with a fantastic soundbite about uh, 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 pinstripe scargles, talking mm. about the, the, the bankers. I mean, this country was held to ransom in the 80s by Scargill and people like that. And now we've got these pinstripe Scargills threatening to blackmail the country in exactly the same way. He made a point of talking about his experience. Uh, he worked a long time as an economist. And he said, uh, as he's entitled to do, that he'd foretold the debt crisis. Tony Dolphin, uh, that's a luxury for the Lib Dems. They can always be more frank than the others, can't they? They can, yeah, but I'd agree. I think, they, I think Vince Cable did just um, edge it because he was the only one, really, who answered pretty much all of the questions and he was the only one who answered some of them very honestly when asked you know what will you do about the national health service um, will you protect it he was the only one who said you can't protect anything and here's why so that sort of honesty i think actually won him points today philip do we but, agree with that well, my problem with vince is that um he's laughing at the others for their spurious efficiency savings 
but in fact he's got his own efficiency savings that he's banking on you know serious too well i mean he talks about waste in the nhs he talks about waste here there and everywhere and of course we're all very wary of people who promise to cut waste and bank the profits and then give it away in tax cuts I thought it was funny that uh, that nobody got stuck into Vince, really. I mean, we would have thought that, that, that perhaps it might have been the time to, time to prick the Vince bubble. But, Matt, you don't do that to Mother Teresa. <laughs> no, well, th- but this Diana. is the really That's interesting the thing. I know. I mean, I suppose that as the media representative here, I should say that Channel 4 were the, uh, uh, were the winners. thought it was a great programme. It was really interesting, well presented. This is what um, the media looks like when you ask a question politely and let people ans- answer and don't interrupt. It wasn't question time. It wasn't as no. gladiatorial. Okay, good, with the the positive uh, plug there. Uh, This is, Matt, uh, something of a first for British politics, um, a forerunner for the three leaders debate, except there are, I read, 75 rules for the three leaders debate. Well, there were hardly any rules for uh, for this debate tonight. There are something like 70-odd rules, ridiculous, uh, constrained format. And I think that was the advantage that Channel 4 had tonight, in, in that the... Chancellor's debate sort of got in under the radar, didn't it? They uh, they were all too busy worrying yeah. over here about the leaders' debates and forgot about Channel Four and didn't impose any rules. Do you realise we've been talking for three or four minutes now and nobody's mentioned the words George Osborne? Mm. They, well, they talk they talk for an hour and didn't mention the words Gordon and Brown, well, which is another point we could come back. I thought and Osborne had been set up for a, a, a fall on this account. A lot of the common Terry at today was saying he's uh, he's going to come over. But I didn't think he he came over particularly well. But I don't think uh, I don't think anything that happened this evening is is going to shift the polls. It's certainly going to not shift the election result. No. He didn't he didn't crash, but he he's he's a lot younger than them. And it well, he's showed. not he's not lost it for the Tories, has he? No, he yeah. certainly hasn't. I mean, Churchill said that Admiral Jellicoe was the only man who could lose the First World War in a single afternoon by sinking the fleet. Didn't do it, did he, Tony Dalton? No, I think he didn't. He, I think he had his script. He stuck to it. He, he timed the announcement on national insurance, uh, reversing the Labour's... earlier in the day, wasn't Earlier it? today, yeah. And he timed that well so that he had a story there to present on that, and he, he stuck to his script well. They tried to kick him uh, on that one, didn't they? They were both... Uh, rude about that. Where's the money to pay for it? Well, there is a lot to kick him on. You know, I mean, he's 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 saying that he's going to promise tax cuts when he spent a year saying we're all in for austerity. And but and Darling he, flunked that one, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, no one actually really attacked. Him. I mean, Darling did try, but obviously he's not got an attack dog mentality. Oh. No, he's quite of a attack of his standard. Can we just this question of cuts uh, where the debate heated up? Just listen to what how it went. Really, people you know, should ask themselves this: if a new government is elected in four or five weeks' time. Are we really saying that they should not make any moves on this enormous national debt, this deficit which is larger than almost any other country in the world, for another 11 months? We should wait until April 2011. It's simply not true that everybody agrees with you, George, because most people uh, in this country and different parts of the world uh, believe that it it is better that we carry on supporting people and businesses until we get through this recession. But what puzzles me is, for the last year, you have been saying that we needed to cut our debt further and faster. And yet today, the first opportunity you had when you thought you'd identified some savings, instead of cutting debt, you instead have promised uh, to change the national uh, uh, insurance contributions. You are spending nearly £30 billion over a parliament and you can't identify the credible way in which you would pay for that. Toby, when we talk of... um Efficiency savings, you're an economist. How seriously are we supposed to take this stuff? Well, I, I, there's always some efficiency savings that can be made. I mean, the, you know, the, the civil service, the bureaucracy, the bureaucracy of the National Health Service is enormous. And, and we, you know, there is obviously some 
waste in there there is some some savings that that can be made i think the the problem comes when when prospective chancellors promise to use those uh, efficiency savings you know, upfront in in the in the um, in the first few years, and I think where maybe Vince Cable scores over the other two is that he is also able to list out his 15 billion uh, of savings, specific saving cuts on child trust funds and Trident and uh, public sector pay and all the rest, um, and say that's what I'm going to do upfront while I'm looking for these efficiency savings. With the sort of implication being that if I don't find the efficiency savings, when well, I'll be coming back for more, I'll cancel some battleships and. You Charles, really, yeah, you really get into a well. downward spiral. Where, there, whereas, don't you? yeah, I think you know George Osborne, you know, in a sense, what he's doing is saying, "I will, you know, trust me, I will find these efficiency savings, and therefore I can now guarantee that I will give you six billion back in in this national insurance." Uh, Matt, Matt Wells, um, Vince Cable claimed to have predicted the economic crisis. Alistair Darling can claim to have pretty well helped solve it. He and uh, uh, Gordon Brown, pretty catastrophic circumstances. George Osborne's been left a bit exposed by this he hasn't had a particularly good recession no no he hasn't had a good, good recession and I, and I think you're right in um, in that he's been called out wrong on all of these things all the, all the way along now they try to have both I think Vince and and Alistair funny how we're calling them all by their first names they did it was all very chummy they uh, uh, Osborne did it first yeah. he got his condescension in first <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and then and then they all got yes it was it was very very curious but um but both Cable and uh, and Darling if we uh, uh, go back to the convention both tried to have a go at Osborne on this and I'm not absolutely sure that they landed the punch on Osborne's inexperience and Osborne calling it wrong and I don't think if you were watching that for the sort of first time in Europe uh, you know that you're you're the the Guardian every day uh, and uh, you were making a judgment on on the facts I'm not sure that you would have come out of that thinking that that Osborne was completely flaky I'm not sure that that Osborne has had a a bad recession or or not an exclusively bad recession and it's true he gets sort of criticised ad nauseum by Gordon Brown for not backing the nationalisation of Northern Rock but I seem to remember Gordon Brown was pretty iffy about nationalising Northern Rock for a long time too. No, they ruled it out to begin with, that was the objection. He also also, um, uh, was behind the decision to come off the Conservative commitment to back uh, Labour spending plans and to oppose the VAT cut, which at the time seemed a, a rash thing to do, but certainly didn't do the, the, any harm in the polls. And it wasn't until the austerity rhetoric came in at last year's conference that uh, I thought he got the tone wrong. And, and that, that and they've been in trouble ever since, it must they have been said, in trouble. Philip, have they not? They well, we didn't get any broken Britain, did we, from him this evening? But we did get a lot of I believe in Britain from Alistair Darling. He came back to that theme again and again, which is that we can, we're a great nation, we can dig our way out of this and uh, and we can make more jobs. Right, we've heard about cuts. Uh, What about tax rises? No Chancellor would want to put up taxes, particularly for the low-paid or people on moderate incomes, if that was avoidable. Now, most of the tax increases that I've announced uh, will be borne by people earning over 150,000, some over 100,000, but most of it, uh, it's the top 5% of earners. In your budget last week, you introduced one tax cut, which was taking first-time buyers out of stamp duty, and that was something that I had proposed a couple of years earlier. Do you acknowledge that? Nothing like cross-party cooperation, George. We're all in favour of that. Vince Vince Cable, you you have all been talking in different ways about some people in this country paying more tax if, 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 you know, whoever uh, is actually in control of the Treasury uh, after after the election. The, The days of tax cuts being the dominant 
direction are just over? Well, the days of general tax cuts are certainly over, but we're going to have a very difficult decade. Some very painful decisions will have to be made about public spending. We've had some of them raised in the audience tonight. And we've got to keep society together. There has to be a sense of fairness. And one way of getting that sense of fairness is to make sure that people on low and average incomes pay a bit less income tax and the people who are very wealthy pay a bit more. Tony, nobody seemed keen on ruling out specific tax rises. There was a moment when they were asked about a VAT, I think it was, and they all sensibly sidestepped that one. That's right, yeah, because they know we've got a, a budget deficit <laughs> of a, a almost £170 billion. Um, People like the um, Institute for Fiscal Studies say that they're going to need to cut spending or raise taxes to the order of 70 or 80, 80 billion pounds over the next um, five, six years, depending on, on who's doing it. Um, in those circumstances, you can't you, know, you can't rule out um, a tax rise, whether it be VAT or, or anything else. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Andy, um, George Osborne, you seem to be defending him. So how did he sound on this <laughs> case for raising or lifting the IHT ceiling, the inheritance tax for... He got... Well, he had a point where this only really came alive once. Darling certain that tried to tried to get it in, but it and it was a good, I thought, basically a good natured debate which reflected well on all three concerned in that they were prepared to engage in policy and didn't didn't lie. Well, Osborne uh, did, kept going on about the death, death tax, death tax. How many times can you repeat the word death tax? <laughs> but it, I, I think we'll, we'll see a sort they of far more... They took the task for that, though, both of them. They didn't yeah, like that, yeah, did they? Yeah. And I think Cable, coming back to the inheritance tax, Cable made a point about uh, describing that as, as, as Osborne's number one priority which sort of Osborne to his credit said isn't his number one tax tax policy I mean he's effectively announced his number one tax policy today but it didn't I felt this was a debate that did in in, in political terms it didn't take us any we didn't learn anything about what either of the parties think or that these <coughs> politicians think that we didn't know before if, if you hadn't followed economic debate and you wanted a quick roundup of where everyone was it was useful if you've listened to these people and, and read their speeches and followed them in the house of commons you won't have learned anything of course, most, Thanks, most thankfully people most of us haven't yes. most people don't now philip when it came to banks there was a, somebody asked a question about banks you thought he had a free kick here for vince cable he's a good populist a lot of populist language he used and the audience in the south bank tv center liked it didn't they they certainly did and i think that all the politicians <coughs> underestimate how much seething anger there still is out there and how if you start to say our all our emphasis is on cutting public sector whether it's cutting their jobs or cutting their wages or cutting their perks and obviously pensions was something that darling spent a bit of time talking about then you you know why are they going to put up with it when the bankers are still waltzing off into the sunset with their bags of money and and i think that only only cable really went for the jugular on that and came up with his soundbite you know the the pinstripe uh, scargills and the fact that we're being held to blackmail he used very emotive language which the others didn't at all i wonder if he tried it mike if he tried out uh, the pinstripe scargill line on mrs cable the night before because he did with the, with the mr bean one didn't he I yeah I, I i don't know that intimate domestic no, detail i'm right. pretty sure he's used that scargill line before and it's a good line mm. and he does uh, because there's an old pre old testament side to Vince Cable, which is attractive. Um, Andrew, we assumed, as in this debate, and also when Nick Clegg takes part in the leaders' debates, that the Lib Dems stand to gain from this exposure on equal terms. That thesis was proved tonight, was it? 
Well, I think so. We'll we'll won't really find out till we see some polling on it. But my sense was that um, people watching that will have liked what Vincent uh, Cable had to say. They'll have liked the sound, but they'll have liked the honesty. Particularly, um, another example of his ability to answer a question he was asked is it morally defensible for anyone to take a bonus uh, of a, a million pounds uh, um, Darling and Osborne both sidestepped that he, he was willing to say no and that I'm pretty sure is where the general public are so I, I think the Lib Dems are going to benefit hugely from the exposure they, they get from mm. these Inter- interestingly, inter- interestingly Cable won the instant vote on the Channel 4 website uh, uh, 36% what, to, yeah, to, to what? Uh, 36% to sort of 34 and 32 I think it was something like that just by a few points you're raising the suspense here. Who lost? Ah, it was uh, Osborne. Osborne lost. Okay, that's roughly what we think. There, roughly, isn't it? Tonight? Although Labrook, yeah. Labrooks have cut the odds on a um, on a on a on a Tory victory. Okay, so, uh, so there's no agreement, right, Philip Inman? Can you beat that for the, uh, for instant uh, market sensitive information? Um, do, do, do you think people were here watching? People who don't follow the economy in the way that you do for a living were looking here not necessarily for information. Andy Sparrow said they didn't get a lot, but for someone they can have a sense they can trust this sensitive time with the economy. And did we learn anything on that score? Well, if only if if I took from it that if I want a job, then Alistair Darling is telling me that he's going to get me a job. And if uh, I want a tax cut, he used that word a lot, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And if I want a tax cut, then I'm obviously going to be looking at George Osborne. And and I, while I th- I sympathise with everything that people have said about Vince Cable, I still think they present a confusing picture. It's a well presented one in that it looks nice and he looks nice and sounds nice, but I'm confused by the policy. Some they seem to contradict each other. I'm getting more clear blue water between Labour and Tory in my sense of what I'm going to get from them even if I'm not concerned about their specific policy. It is the Liberal function to be sort of woolly and warm it's just Vince has an unusual amount of credibility I think. Final thoughts from everyone. Uh, Tony Dolphin. I think probably that George Osborne has won the day tactically by making his announcement on on, uh, national insurance contributions because I think most people in the country won't have watched this programme tonight. Most people will read about it in the newspapers tomorrow and when they do, they'll read about it in the second half of the column, having read, first of all, about George Osborne's uh, tax cut. Well, we'll see how the Guardian News does uh, reacts to that. Andy mm. Sparrow. I sense we're sort of reverting to a fairly traditional general election campaign where the Tories are back to the ground on which they are happiest fighting on, on tax cuts. Although it'd be interesting to see how the national insurance thing, which isn't technically, a, it's not technically income tax and it's not really a cut because it's a, a, a levy that hasn't been imposed yet. But, but they're back in their comfort zone fighting on tax cuts. Uh, Philip, notwithstanding your slight aversion to Vince Cable's uh, <laughs> cunning, uh, well, could we see in a, in a hung <clears throat> parliament, could we see... Cable as Chancellor, I can just about see it. In strange circumstances, impossible to predict. Can you? Well, I don't, I, I don't see it, no, I don't see it. I, and I do see Labour coming back, and I do see them as the happy party. They're the party that promises you... Labour? Gordon the Brown, party. the happy yeah, party? absolutely, because <laughs> this is about digging ourselves out. This is about we can do it. This is, a great, this is great Britain, whereas you've got the Tories with their broken Britain agenda, which they claim is a, is a happy agenda, a... a a positive one, but for me is miserable it's and daily mailism, isn't it? And and for me takes us down a road where you think all oh, it's all going horribly wrong, and all I'm going to do is lose the last ten years of 
schools and hospitals. Matt and Wells, hospitals. Well, the media well, well they've, they've done the top uh, political and economic analysis. The media analysis is really, is really interesting, I think, because this is going to be a TV-led election, led by the TV debates, but picked apart uh, online and on Twitter and on YouTube. The YouTube moments will be out, will be out there tomorrow. We were all discussing this online, and it was live blogging. And, and I think it's a re- this is what uh, a social media election will look like, and it's really interesting. Good, good. That's all from us tonight. I can't resist adding that when our colleagues uh, Patrick Winter and Nick Watt interviewed Gordon Brown in Brussels in his hotel on on, uh, Friday morning at the European Summit, Patrick, who's known him for 20 years, said he sounded happier, more relaxed than I've ever known him. He said, think of that as you will. Thanks to all my guests, Andrew Sparrow, Matt Wells, Philip Inman and Tony Dolphin. The producer was Phil Maynard and I'm Michael White. And thank you for listening.